Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. Michael Randy was ill the day the earth stood still, but he told us where we stand. And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a celluloid jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space this is how the message ran. Thank you. 
Picture show in the back row. Oh, to the late night double feature picture show. Kicking off this week's show with science fiction double feature from the original motion picture soundtrack of the iconic. 1975 horror musical comedy, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Based on the 1973 musical stage production, The Rocky Horror Show, it's a parody tribute of low-budget science fiction and horror films. From the 30s through the 60s, the music, lyrics, and book of the stage production was written by Richard O'Brien, who also co-wrote the screenplay for the film with Jim Sharman. Richard O'Brien, who also sang lead on science fiction double feature, is also best known for his role in the film as Riff Raff. The film launched the careers of Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, and Barry Bostwick, and featured a young Marvin Lee Aday, also known as Meatloaf. Initial reception to the film was extremely negative, but it soon became a hit as a midnight movie when audiences began participating with the film at the Waverly Theater in New York City in 1976. As a matter of fact, it kind of sort of started the whole midnight movies trend. Audience members returned to the cinemas frequently and talked back to the screen, began dressing as the characters, spawning similar performance groups across the United States. At almost the same time, fans in costume at the King's Court Theater in Pittsburgh began performing alongside the film. This quote-unquote shadow cast mimed the actions on the screen while lip-syncing their characters' lines. Still in limited release in 2022, some 47 years after its premiere, it's the longest-running theatrical release in film history. In many cities, live amateur shadow casts act out the film as it's being shown and heavily draw upon a tradition of audience participation. The film is most often shown close to Halloween. Today, the film has a large international cult following and has been considered by many as one of the greatest musical films of all time. In 2005, it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time in 1978. My parents took my sister and I and a bunch of our friends, and it blew my little mind. And if you've been living under a rock for the past several decades and are not aware of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I envy your joy of discovery. Tipping my hand, we are going to wrap up this week's show with another selection from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because why? Number one, it's damn near Halloween. As we record this, it's October 30th as I rush this episode into production. Plus, this week's show is a science fiction double feature of sorts as we wrap up our trilogy of Rocktober genre views with our very own science fiction double feature of goth and shoegaze. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. And right about now you're going, okay, okay, Greenberg, I get it. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, blah, blah, blah. But what else is happening on this week's show? I am so glad you asked. I would love to tell you. In addition, 
addition to our double feature genre review, we are going to spend quality time with album number eight from the Pixies. Their eighth album overall, their fourth since they reunited in 2004. Doggerel dropped at the end of September, and we are going to spend some quality time with that. All this and much, much less on this week's show, but first we are going to kick off the next set of music with advanced track number three from Bruce Springsteen's Only the Strong Survive. The collection of 15 soul covers drops on November 11th. Previously, we've played for you the boss's reinterpretations of Frank Wilson's Do I Love You? Yes, I Do, and the Commodore's Night Shift. Advanced track number three is an interpretation of Benny King's Don't Play That Song, originally recorded in 1962, co-written by the legendary Amit Erdogan and Benny King's wife, Betty Nelson. It reached number two on the U.S. R&B charts and number one on the U.S. pop charts. Aretha Franklin covered the song for her 19th studio album, 1970's Spirit in the Dark. Aretha's version peaked at number one for five weeks on the U.S. R&B charts, number 11 on the pop chart, number 13 in the U.K., and was certified gold with sales of over a million copies. This was the first of two covers Franklin did of songs made popular by King. The other was her 1971 cover of Spanish Harlem, In 1962, Benny King told us don't play that song. In 1970, the Queen of Soul told us don't play that song. In 2022, the boss is telling us don't play that song. I am going to play that song. song for me Though it brings back sweet memories Of the days that I once knew Of the days I spent with you Oh no, don't you let it play It fills my heart with pain Please stop it right away Cause I remember just what it said Shore. As the band played with 
with you in my arms And we moved across that floor Then darling you went away Well all I've got to say is I don't care if you lie Let's dance But darling you hurt Oh darling you hurt Yeah darling you I'm gonna 
ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. Wrapping up that last set of music with a brand new single from singer-songwriter Caroline Rose. Saw her at the Grey Eagle in Asheville a couple weeks ago, and she hinted that there was going to be some new music dropping, and she is no liar. The brand new single from Caroline Rose is called Love, Lover, Friend. According to Rose, the single is about the experience of commitment and the confusing dance that takes place finding your roles within it. No official 
official word on a new album, but all marketing signs point towards a likely 2023 release, especially considering that a spring tour is scheduled to kick off in April. Caroline's second album, Loner, was our number four album of 2018, and her third album, Superstar, was tied for number six in 2020 alongside Heim's Women in Music Part 3. Before Caroline Rose, brand new music from The War on Drugs, it was about a year ago that I Don't Live Here Anymore dropped. That ended up being our number six album of 2021. The deluxe edition of I Don't Live Here Anymore dropped on September 30th and includes the original album as a double LP on heavyweight 180 gram vinyl, a seven inch single with the songs Oceans of Darkness and Slow Ghost, a cassette with the full album plus Slow Ghost, a 16 page booklet with never before seen in studio photos, a 24 by 36 poster, six perforated postcards of photos taken during the recording process, and an exclusive embroidered patch. From the deluxe edition of The War on Drugs, I Don't Live Here Anymore, we heard Oceans of Darkness. Before The War on Drugs, straight out of Dunedin, New Zealand, The Chills, they're currently on tour, and they've got a brand new three-track, seven-inch vinyl EP called Scatterbrain Outtakes, available exclusively at those shows. Otherwise, you can download and or stream them wherever you download and stream music. These were three songs originally recorded for 2021's Scatterbrain. Chill's frontman and principal songwriter Martin Phillips said, we felt these were too good not to be released and were actually the first three songs we wrote for Scatterbrain before its lyrical tone and musical direction became established. It was important to us to offer fans something special on the tour. The pull quotes from the Chill's 2022 tour poster speak volumes. Rolling Stone says, this is what a living legend looks and sounds like. And NPR praises Martin Phillips as the songwriter that helped kick off indie rock as we know it. From the Chills Scatterbrain outtakes, we heard Dragon with Sapphire Eyes. At the top of the set, Bruce Springsteen's interpretation of Benny King's Don't Play That Song, Only the Strong Survive, his collection of soul covers, drops on November 11th. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Speaking of NRM Streamcast... You know, there are so many awesome shows you can check out on NRM Streamcast, and a lot of them are shows you can actually watch. You can go ahead and download the NRM Streamcast app to your TV and watch a lot of these NRM Streamcast shows. The app is free to download. It costs you nothing to enjoy any of the shows, and I want to call specific attention to 11 Mile Sessions Live, hosted by my old friend Scott Boatwright way back in the day when this show was a mere mortal radio show. Scott and I both had shows at WHFR.FM on the campus of Henry Ford College in Dearborn, Michigan, and Scott hosted this awesome avant-garde show. I think it was on Sunday afternoons. Nicest guy in the world, very laid back, and he brought in 
in a lot of avant-garde artists to play live in the studio, and that was one of the benchmarks of his show. And with 11 Mile Sessions Live, he continues to bring in artists to play live. He spins a lot of great homegrown Motor City music, and you can watch the show live Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. And there are so many ways you can check it out. If you're going to catch it live, you can catch it live on either nrmstreamcast.com or at 11milesessionslive.com. And that's the number 11 as opposed to spelling it out. All episodes are archived at both nrmstreamcast.com and 11milesessionslive.com. And you can subscribe to it as an audio podcast wherever you find your podcasts. The latest episode features an interview with Chris Impelitary and a live performance from Wide Track. I can't recommend the show highly enough. 11 Mile Sessions Live. Check it out live on Thursday nights or catch up with the archive. You've got 27 episodes to get caught up on right now. Moving right along, we're going to kick off the first half of our final Rocktober genre review, our goth shoegaze double feature. In case you're listening and are currently asking, what the fuck is goth? I've got you covered. Goth also known as gothic rock or goth rock, emerged from post-punk in the UK in the late 1970s. The first post-punk bands which shifted toward dark music with gothic overtones include Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division, Bauhaus, and The Cure. The genre itself was defined as a separate movement from post-punk. Goth stood out due to its darker sound with the use of primarily minor or bass chords, reverb, dark arrangements, or dramatic and melancholic melodies, having inspirations in gothic literature allied with themes such as sadness, nihilism, dark romanticism, tragedy, melancholy, and morbidity. These themes are often approached poetically. The sensibilities of the genre led the lyrics to represent the evil of the century and the romantic idealization of death and the supernatural imagination. Gothic rock then gave rise to a broader goth subculture that included clubs, fashion, and publications in the 1980s, 1990s, and well into the 21st century. Now that we've established that, any self-respecting conversation about goth begins with Bauhaus. Formed in 1978 in Northampton, England, by frontman Peter Murphy, guitarist Daniel Ash, drummer Kevin Haskins, and bassist David J. The band were originally named Bauhaus 1919, in reference to the year that the German art school Bauhaus opened. One of the pioneers of goth, Bauhaus were known for their dark image and gloomy sound, although they mixed many genres including dub, glam, rock, psychedelia, and funk. Their 1979 debut single, Bella Lugosi's Dead, is considered one of the harbingers of goth and remains highly influential on contemporary goth culture. It was the first thing they'd recorded together, six weeks after forming. The song was ranked number 60 in Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Debut Singles of All Time. It's been featured in numerous films and TV shows, including The Hunger, Fringe, Supernatural, American Horror Story, Moon Knight, and most recently, Season 2 of Russian Doll. The song was also used as the intro music for the late 90s SNL sketch, Goth Talk, featuring Chris Kattan and Molly Shannon as two high school goths. In short, Bella Lugosi's Dead is the national anthem of Goth Nation. 
sounds of beckoning voices and spinning You have no choice
Yeah. 
by virtue of the fact that you are currently listening, you need no further assistance finding the Debts No Honest Man Can Pay podcast. However, your friends may need a little assistance. In which case, be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things. Places like Apple, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, tell them we archive every episode of the podcast, and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. With that, let's get back to the show. Wrapping up the first half of our Rocktober double feature genre review of Goth and Shoegaze with a selection from the Sisters of Mercy. Formed in 1980 in Leeds, England, named after the Leonard Cohen song of the same name, frontman Andrew Eldridge remains the lone constant. They've only got three albums under their belt, the first and last and always in 1985, Floodland in 1987, and 1990's Vision Thing. While they still play live from time to time they have not recorded anything since 1993 from the sisters of mercy's floodland we heard this corrosion the first single from that album was produced by jim steinman best known for his work with meatloaf the song peaked at number seven in the uk it clocks in at nearly 11 minutes and features a choir of 40 people. The song takes aim at Craig Adams and Wayne Hussey, who left the band after the first album to form the Mission UK. Lyrically, the song is meant to be a parody of Wayne Hussey's songwriting style. The song is also prominently featured in Edgar Wright's film The World's End. Before the Sisters of Mercy, we heard from Joy Division, guitarist, keyboardist Bernard Sumner, and bassist Peter Hook formed Joy Division in 1979 in South England after seeing the Sex Pistols. They were joined by vocalist Ian Curtis and drummer Stephen Morris. The name Joy Division comes from the sexual slavery wing of a Nazi concentration camp mentioned in the 1955 novel House of Dolls. The first single, Transmission, which we heard in that set, dropped in 1979. Their debut album, Unknown Pleasures, also dropped in 1979. The single, however, is not on the album. Greel Marcus, who is the last person I would expect to write about Joy Division, has a chapter about this song in his book, The History of Rock and Roll in Ten Songs. According to Marcus, transmission is not an argument. It's a dramatization of the realization that the act of listening to the radio is a suicidal gesture. It will kill your mind. It will rob your soul. Marcus also quotes Peter Hook about the importance of this song. Peter Hook says, We were doing a sound check at the Mayflower in May and we played transmission. People had been moving around and they all stopped to listen. I realized that was our first great song. 
Ian Curtis struggled with personal problems, including a failing marriage, depression, and epilepsy. As the band's popularity grew, Curtis's health condition made it increasingly difficult for him to perform, as he occasionally experienced seizures on stage. He committed suicide on the eve of what would have been the band's first North American tour in May 1980. He was 23 years old. Joy Division's second and final album, Closer, dropped two months later. It and the single, Love Will Tear Us Apart, became their highest charting releases. Joy Division's also been dramatized in two movies, 24-Hour Party People and Control. And the surviving members of Joy Division went on to form New Order in 1980. Smack dab in the middle of the set, Susie and the Banshees. Formed in London in 1976 by vocalist Susie Sue and bassist Stephen Severin, they were initially associated with the punk scene, but the band rapidly evolved to create a form of post-punk discord full of daring rhythmic and sonic experimentation. The lineup for their first live show was Susie, Severin, guitarist Marco Peroni, who'd eventually go on to play with the likes of Adam Ant and Sinead O'Connor, and on the drums... Sid Vicious. Their debut album, The Scream, dropped in 1978 to widespread critical acclaim. Following membership changes, including the guitarist John McGeoch and drummer Budgie, they radically changed their musical direction and became one of the most successful alternative pop groups of the 1980s. Robert Smith of The Cure toured with them in 1979. He became a full-time member in 1982 when McGeoch was fired due to problems with alcohol abuse. Smith was would play with the band for two years. Spellbound, the song we heard in the middle of the set, is from their fourth album, 1981's Juju. It hit number 22 in the UK. Barney Hoskins of NME called Spellbound a glorious electric storm. Melody Maker praised the single, calling it exhilarating. The Guardian retrospectively hailed it as a pop marvel. In 2006, Mojo Magazine honored McGeoch by including him in their list of 100 greatest guitarists of all time for his work on Spellbound. Johnny Marr of the Smiths said on BBC Radio 2 in February of 2008 that he praised guitarist John McGeoch highly for his work on Spellbound, saying, It's so clever. He's got this really good picky thing going on, which is very unrock and roll and this actual tune he's playing is really quite mysterious. The song's featured in the end credits of the season 4 finale of Stranger Things and the end credits of the True Blood season 4 episode called Spellbound. Before Susie and the Banshees, The Cure formed in 1978 in Crawley, West Sussex. Guitarist, singer-songwriter Robert Smith remains the one constant. From The Cure's second album, 1980's 17 Seconds, we heard A Forest. At the time, the lineup was Smith, keyboardist Matthew Hartley, bassist Simon Gallup, and drummer Lal Tolhurst. A Forest was their first UK chart hit, peaking at number 31. Smith says that A Forest was a pivotal recording for the group, representing the archetypical Cure sound. The Cure would go on to rack three top 40 hits in the United States, just like Heaven hit number 40 in 1987, Love Song hit number 2 in 1989, and Friday I'm in Love hit number 18 in 1992. At the top of the set, clocking in at an epic 9 minutes and 37 seconds, Bauhaus and Bella Lugosi's Dead. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get, right here on NRM Streamcast.
Moving right along, we're going to spend some quality time with the brand new album from the Pixies. Doggerel dropped on September 30th, their eighth album overall, their fourth since reuniting in 2004, their third since the departure of bassist and vocalist Kim Deal, who left the band in 2013. The late Kim Shattuck, formerly of the Muffs, was hired as a touring bassist, and Shattuck was eventually replaced by Paz Lanchant. Doggerel began with songs Pixie's frontman Black Francis was writing in the vein of 1950s country music, with the intention of cutting an Americana album with Bobby Bear Jr. Pitchfork says of the new album, Nothing about Doggerel sounds youthful. The band relies on chops instead of accidents to thrill, favoring production that's clean, burly, and without a lick of grit a sound that moves with the weight and deliberateness of middle age. Pixies choose to embrace the slowing of their step, using it to accentuate the way leader Black Francis chose refinement over exploration as he learned to sneak his idiosyncrasies into familiar song forms.
You've got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A fistful of tracks in that last set from Doggerel, the latest record from the Pixies. At the top of the set, we heard No Matter Day, Vault of Heaven, Get Simulated, There's a Moon On, and we wrapped things up with the title track. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get, right here on NRM Streamcast. Speaking of NRM Streamcast... You know, there are so many awesome shows you can check out on NRM Streamcast, and a lot of them are shows you can actually watch. You can go ahead and download the NRM Streamcast app to your TV and watch a lot of these NRM Streamcast shows. The app is free to download. It costs you nothing to enjoy any of the shows, and I want to call specific attention to 11 Mile Sessions Live, hosted by my old friend Scott Boatwright way back in the day when this show was a mere mortal radio show. Scott and I both had shows at WHFR.FM on the campus of Henry Ford College in Dearborn, Michigan, and Scott hosted this awesome avant-garde show. I think it was on Sunday afternoons. Nicest guy in the world, very laid back, and he brought in a lot of avant-garde artists to play live in the studio and that was one of the benchmarks of his show and with 11 mile sessions live he continues to bring in artists to play live he spins a lot of great homegrown motor city music and you can watch the show live thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m in the eastern standard time zone and there are so many ways you can check it out. If you're going to catch it live, you can catch it live on either nrmstreamcast.com or at 11milesessionslive.com. And that's the number 11 as opposed to spelling it out. All episodes are archived at both nrmstreamcast.com and 11milesessionslive.com. And you can subscribe to it as an audio podcast wherever you find your podcasts. The latest episode features an interview with Chris Impelitary and a live performance from Wide Track. I can't recommend the show highly enough. 11 Mile Sessions Live. Check it out live on Thursday nights or catch up with the archive. You've got 27 episodes to get caught up on right now. Moving right along to the final full set of this week's show and the second half of our final Rocktober genre review, our double feature of goth and shoegaze. For those of you who are listening who don't know what shoegaze is, I've got you covered. Originally called shoegazing and sometimes confused with dream pop, it's a subgenre of indie and alternative rock characterized by its ethereal mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion and effects, feedback, and overwhelming volume. It emerged in Ireland and the UK in the late 1980s among neo-psychedelic groups who usually stood motionless during live performances in a detached, non-confrontational state. The name comes from the heavy use of effects pedals, as the performers were often looking down at their pedals during concerts. My Bloody Valentine's 1991 album, Loveless, is often seen as the genre's defining 
declining release. Other prominent shoegaze groups include Slow Dive, Ride, Lush, Pale Saints, and Chapter House. Most shoegaze artists drew from the template set by My Bloody Valentine on their late 1980s recordings, as well as bands such as Dinosaur Jr., The Jesus and Mary Chain, and the Cocteau Twins. Now that we've established what shoegaze is, let's differentiate it from dream pop. Dream pop is a subgenre of alternative rock and neo-psychedelia that emphasizes atmosphere and sonic texture as much as pop melody. Common characteristics include breathy vocals, dense productions, and effects such as reverb, echo, tremolo, and chorus. It often overlaps with the related genre of shoegaze, and the two genre terms have at times been used interchangeably. The genre came into prominence in the 1980s through the work of groups such as the Cocteau Twins and A.R. Kane, subsequently acts such as My Bloody Valentine, Galaxy 500, Julie Cruz, Lush, and Mazzy Star released significant albums in the style. It saw renewed popularity among millennial listeners following the late 2000s success of Beach House. Now that we've gotten all the pesky definitions out of the way, let's talk about the Cocteau Twins. Formed in 1979 in Grangemouth, Scotland by guitarist Robin Guthrie and bassist Will Heggie, adding vocalist Elizabeth Fraser in 1981 and replacing Heggie with multi-instrumentalist Simon Raymond in 1983. The Cocteau Twins were named after the Simple Minds song called the Cocteau Twins. They earned critical praise for their ethereal, effects-laden sound and the soprano vocals of Fraser, whose lyrics often eschew any recognizable language. They pioneered the 1980s alternative rock subgenre of dream pop. They signed with 4AD in 1982 and dropped their debut Garlands later that year. They scored their biggest UK hit in 1983 with Pearly Dew Drops Drops, which peaked at number 29. Lorelei, from their third album, 1984's Treasure, was a minor dance club hit in the 1980s. In the shoegaze dream pop documentary Beautiful Noise, Robert Smith of the Cure calls Treasure one of the most romantic records ever recorded, so much so that he played it as he was getting ready on his wedding day. Yeah. 
By virtue of the fact that you are currently listening, you need no further assistance finding the Debts No Honest Man Can Pay podcast. However, your friends may need a little assistance. In which case, be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things. Places like Apple, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, tell them we archive every episode of the podcast, and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. With that, let's get back to the show. Wrapping up the shoegaze half of our Rocktober genre view double feature of goth and shoegaze with the music of the jesus and mary chain formed in 1983 in east kilbride scotland by brothers jim and william reed after signing with creation records they dropped their first single upside down in 1984 their debut album 1985's psycho candy was released to critical acclaim the band went on to release five more studio albums before disbanding in 1999 they reunited in 2007 and have subsequently released the album damage and joy in 2017 psycho candy is considered a trademark recording its combination of guitar feedback and noise with traditional pop melody and structure proved influential on the forthcoming shoegaze genre and alternative rock in general the album reached number 35 in the uk and 188 in the u.s just like Honey reached number 45 in the UK and was ranked as the number two track of the year by NME in 1985. The songs appeared in many films, most notably in the closing scene of Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. 
Before the Jesus and Mary chain, My Bloody Valentine, an Irish-English band formed in 1983 in Dublin by guitarist-vocalist Kevin Shields, drummer Colm O'Kissig, guitarist and vocalist Belinda Butcher, and bassist Debbie Googe. Shields claims he was unaware that My Bloody Valentine was the title of a 1981 Canadian slasher film when the name was suggested. Their music is characterized by dissonant guitar textures, androgynous vocals, and unorthodox production techniques. They're credited with pioneering the shoegaze genre. They've got three albums under their belt, 1988's Isn't Anything, 1991's Loveless, and 2013's MBV. Loveless reached number 24 in the UK, and since its release, Loveless has been widely cited by critics as one of the greatest albums of all time, a landmark work of the shoegaze subgenre, and as a significant influence on various subsequent artists. Pitchfork listed it as number one on their list of the 150 greatest albums of the 90s and number one on their list of the 50 best shoegaze albums. Rolling Stone ranked it at number 73 on their 2020 list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Spin ranked it at number 22 on their 100 greatest albums of 1985 through 2005. Paste ranked it as number eight on their list of the 90 best albums of the 90s and number two on their list of the best dream pop albums of all time and nme ranked it at number 18 on their list of the 500 greatest albums of all time jim dirigatis wrote that the forward-looking sounds of this unique disc have positioned the band as one of the most influential and inspiring bands since the Velvet Underground. The Metro Times called the album the high watermark of shoegaze, writing that its dense production and hypnotic atmosphere drugged listeners with its sound's lovely oxymoron. At once hard and soft, up-tempo and languid, lascivious and frigid. Paul Lester of The Guardian called it the pet sounds of UK avant rock. From My Bloody Valentine's Loveless, we heard Only Shallow, co-written by Kevin Shields and Belinda Butcher, vocals by Belinda Butcher. The song peaked at number 27 on Billboard's U.S. Alternative Airplay chart. Smack dab in the middle of the set, carrying on the lush tradition of shoegaze and dream pop, Soft Science is a Sacramento-based quintet formed by twin brothers guitarist Matt Levine and keyboardist Ross Levine with vocalist Katie Haley, later joined by bassist Mason DeMusey and drummer Tony Kale. I learned about Soft Science about four years ago when their song Undone from the album Maps was featured on a Buried Treasures segment of the public radio show slash podcast Sound Opinions and I was hooked. I'd recommend the record to anyone who would listen and I would describe Undone as Tonight We're Gonna Party Like It's 1991. Still no follow-up to maps, but when it happens, I'm here for it. Before Soft Science, a band that most deaf had an influence on them, Lush. Formed in 1987 in London by Mickey Berenyi on vocals and guitar, Emma Anderson on vocals and guitar, bassist Steve Rippon and drummer Chris Ackland. Phil King replaced Rippon in 1991. Lush were one of the first bands to have been described as shoegaze. Their debut gala dropped on 4AD in 1991. The first single, which we heard in that set, 
Sweetness and Light reached number four on Billboard's Modern Rock Tracks chart and received considerable radio airplay. The band split in 1996 following the death of Ackland, but reunited for a short time between 2015 and 2016 with Berenyi, Anderson King, and Justin Welch. At the top of the set, a band that had a huge influence on Lush and everybody else that came after them, the Cocteau Twins. From their album Treasure, we heard Lorelei. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly, or as close to weekly as we can get, right here on NRM Streamcast. And right about now, we are going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kicked things off with an iconic song from the original motion picture soundtrack of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. We kicked things off with science fiction double feature from Richard O'Brien. We wrap things up with Little Nell, Patricia Quinn, and Richard O'Brien with The Time Warp. And with that, everybody have a great week, a happy Halloween, take care, be safe, and remember, the dogs on Main Street howl, because they understand. It's astounding, time is fleeting, madness takes its toll, but listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hands on your hip. You're making me sit tight. But it's the velvet crust. It really does an insane game. Let's do the time on the air. Let's do the time on the air. It's a dream. You can't see me No, not at all In another dimension With voyeuristic intention Well secluded I see all With a bit of a mind flip You're into the time slip And nothing Can ever be the same You're spaced out on sensation Like you're under
hip. <laughs> 